Looking for the perfect gift? Check out a Visa Virtual Account, available at giftcards.com. Gifting a Visa Virtual Account is easy. Simply select your gift amount, add optional personalization, and click Send. A thoughtful gift delivered in moments. As one of the world's most recognized brands, virtual Visa cards are secure, never expire, and work for any budget. They're also eco-friendly. Eliminate the need for plastic with a virtual gift delivered straight to their inbox. Whether you're shopping for a family member, friend, coworker, or client, a Visa virtual account is always the perfect fit. Visa virtual accounts can be used online anywhere Visa is accepted, so the possibilities are endless. They're convenient to send and easy to spend, making it the perfect gift for any occasion. Start gifting your virtual Visa today at www.giftcards.com virtual. This year, love looks a little different. We're still gathering. We're just doing it virtually. And we're still connecting. We're just doing it safely. So whether it's lighting candles over FaceTime, family dinner through Zoom, or opening gifts virtually, traditions can keep us close, even when we can't be together. Stay safe. Stay connected. Think big and plan small this holiday season. Let's save lives, Columbus. Hi everyone, we're two girls, we're bored, and this is Suddenly Grown. We're in our last year of college, so if you're in your early 20s, finishing high school, or in college and you just want to vibe, stick around. However, if you're also significantly older and you want to get into the minds of some 20-year-olds, but in a non-creepy way, come ahead and join us. So this is officially our second episode. We're very excited because this feels legit now, and not something that we'll talk about but never actually get into. So this week, we kind of wanted to talk to you about things that we've noticed or adopted once we got into college. And some of this may be random, but have you noticed how many vegans there are in any given room on campus? <laughs> yes. Uh, I didn't, I mean, I won't, I'm a bear to say, I won't say that I didn't know what veganism was when I was in high school, but I didn't. I didn't truly understand it because for me, it was like, I would never give up meat, you know? Mm -hmm. But when I actually got to campus and I met a bunch of different people, I learned how easy potentially it is to adopt a vegan lifestyle or just how easy it is to like adopt certain pieces of veganism into your lifestyle, you know, slowly changing parts of your diet. You know, I met a lot of vegans that I truly vibe with. Like one of my close friends, she is vegan and like, I tries to be vegan as much as possible mm -hmm. and I really respect her because she doesn't push her ideas of veganism onto other people and does a lot of work in looking at the way that veganism and you know uh, colonialism and racism and white supremacy work <laughs> which I never even it's weird but like that's a thing that's like a because yeah it, you know, it's, now it's veganism, all interconnected and I feel like yeah. something that we Something that I never even thought about, I'm embarrassed to say until I got to college, is I never thought about the sustainability aspect of veganism. I exactly. honestly, when I was in high school, I thought that everyone that was a vegan just was a poster child for PETA, that they wanted to protect all the animals <laughs> um, and that they were just going to get mad at individuals who weren't vegan, um, mm -hmm. which is a terrible stereotype. And I don't know where that came from. I mean, it comes from the people who do act that way, because uh, there are people who are like, if you're eating meat, then like this poor animal is crying. Like I see videos of live um, online of people saying that, oh, 
uh, it's just like slavery. And so a lot of those tone deaf analogies just don't work and can turn off people from a vegan lifestyle. And I think what would make me adopt or has actually made me adopt some different practices in the way I eat was looking at the way that it impacts our environment. Like mm-hmm. the connection between the way our milk consumption. Have you noticed the discourse around milk? Like it's such a random thing, but that's that's loaded. Yeah, I never realized that milk could be controversial, I think, until I hit college because I grew up in a household where we always drank milk. You were required mm-hmm. to drink milk in the morning and in the evening. So where did that come from? Okay, so I'm Indian, right? Yeah. And d- cows are big in India. There are cows everywhere. Mm-hmm. Cow dairies yeah. are also big. The problem, I don't know how it started. That's the problem. Like, I don't know who, like, looked at a cow and was like, we should be consuming that well into adulthood. A, do you think it had a an impact from, you know, the British having been in India? Do you, do you know if British people drink milk like that? I think Indians have been drinking milk since before the British came. Be- I don't think that the was a British came, influence. Well, because, like, I'm from Cameroon, and we don't drink a lot of, like, cow milk, right? A lot of the ways that we consume milk is from, um, it's powdered. I remember when I was still living in Cameroon, just a typical Cameroonian breakfast would be a baguette. And we can attribute that to the (laughs) colonial powers that (laughs) were occupying our countries before. And, like, an omelette or some sort of, like, protein source. And then you have your powdered milk. Like, you you heat up some water and you add some nido made by Nestle into into your um, your water. And that was just, like, a classic Cameroonian breakfast. I do not remember any time in my life when I went to school or a Saturday morning or just, like, any morning when I did not have milk. And when I go and visit, that's it. That's Why what, powdered that's milk? I, I really don't know. I think maybe it's like we just don't have the technology to pasteurize it. I don't know. Like, I I don't know why it's powdered milk. But it's just so, it's such a big thing. Like, people that I've met that are from, a lot of also, like, French-speaking countries. I'm not really, I can't speak for, like, the uh, English-speaking African countries. But the ones that I've met from, like, Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal, Bina, they, you know, Nido was like a big part of their upbringing as well. And apparently the Nido here doesn't taste the same as the one that we get in Africa. But like that that was just a big part of my childhood. I can't imagine not having that. See, that's mind boggling to me because I could never imagine drinking or actually now I could. But a few years ago, I could never imagine drinking anything but cow's milk. And I think what blew my mind is the first time when I was sitting in an econ classroom and we learned the concept of supply and demand. And um, my professor, she explained to us, she was like, look, the, the example she used was dairy farmers in the United States. She mm-hmm. was, the government heavily subsidizes uh, milk for dairy farmers. And then there yeah. is a surplus of milk that mm-hmm. the government then buys and sells in schools for incredibly cheap prices. Yeah. I mean, I actually remember middle school, more elementary school, the chunky milk you know you have remember those little milk cartons we yeah. would open it up because you know school lunches were horrible we'd open it up and smell it and the milk was just bit just chunky and disgusting and like that's what they were serving young i kids. have never in my life had school milk i just refused to touch it i 
I heard horror stories from other kids <laughs> and it looked kind of nasty and it looked questionable. So I chose to drink my milk in the morning before I went to school and in the evenings. And because yeah. when I was young, I was a picky eater, I would put chocolate syrup in my milk. Or if you're Indian, there is this thing called Bon Vita. It's mm-hmm. Bon Vita. I said that in a very American accent. It's called Bon Vita. And mm-hmm. it is like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like chocolate, but it's supposedly, supposedly has extra protein in it. It's like protein powder, chocolate flavored protein powder, but okay. like not protein. It's supposed to be healthy. But it's not. But it's not. Okay. but That was healthy I, in air like- quotes. I actually, a couple of years ago, when I was in middle school, my mom tried to wean us off whole milk and then have us drink like soy milk and that did not go well. My entire family revolted, right? We, I couldn't imagine to eat, to drink anything but cow milk. And so after that, you know, she never tried again. She used to buy those like almond milks and that didn't really vibe in my house either. And so we went from whole milk to 2% and now we actually no longer um, drink milk in my household just because nobody drinks milk like that Mm -hmm. but i've now noticed this like recent trend in like drinking soy milk and almond milk and cashew milk and yeah yeah have you have you noticed this or i have so i think the reason that we used to scoff at milk alternatives when we were younger is because we used to be like if someone was lactose intolerant when i was younger i'd be like oh my god i'm so sorry for you Mm -hmm. because all they could consume, their only options pretty much, or the popular options were to consume either soy milk or goat's milk. Mm -hmm. Soy Mm -hmm. milk, it's not for me. Goat's milk, also love goat cheese, goat's milk, not for me. Um, But since then, like now we have so many different varieties of almond milk, of cashew milk, of oat milk. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally was on some medication um, over the summer where it prevented me from, uh, I I couldn't have any dairy for a month. And so I chose to consume oat milk and it wasn't, I mean, it didn't taste like milk. I don't believe in calling things. If it's not the thing, don't call it by that name, like vegan meat. Don't call it meat. It's not mm. meat. Just call it oat juice. Just call it something else. I don't know. Oat, oat juice. Like, I don't know what to say. You said not to call oat it Oat excretion. I don't know. Oh God, that's nasty. Who wants to drink an excretion? Hi. <laughs> Would you like to try my vegan alternative, the oat excretion? No, come on. I want to try that. But oat milk, I think, was my poison of choice. It wasn't terrible. I would say it definitely... I just... The only thing I will say is dipping warm chocolate chip cookies in a cold glass of oat milk is not the same as dipping warm chocolate chip cookies in cow's milk in, in cow's milk yeah i mean just because my family we just like weaned off of milk i don't really mind trying different alternatives and mm-hmm. i i remember just just because i'm trying to be more aware of the environment about yeah. my place and the effect that i have on the world what well, is one of those things that i can slowly wean myself off of just because absolutely i guess i don't need it anymore mm-hmm. one thing though is i'm very sorry cheese I, you have to understand um. My country was colonized by the French. We eat cheese. That's not a good excuse. I'm aware, but we eat cheese. Brie with a warm baguette. Brie on a um, on a Ritz cracker. Brie on Stacy's pita chips is like Nirvana. Cheese. I can't give up cheese very easily, and uh, take me to hell. But you know what? Yeah, I'll I die think... with the cheese. <laughs> I think with milk, it's one of those things where. 
you either hate it or you love it. And I, like, I personally, I'm also trying to reduce the, like, I don't sit, I don't think, I, I very rarely do I sit and crave a glass of milk now. I am slowly mm-hmm. weaning myself off of it um, just because I am trying to be conscious of the environment and do my part. You know what I kind of want to talk about, though? What? The government's involvement in teaching us that milk is healthy. Like, who taught us that? Mm. Who was, like, milk is well, healthy, I mean, you need to be consuming it multiple times a day? You, I mean, you were, you were just talking about how, like, it's because of supply and demand, right? Like, you were talking about the political reason. I mean, not the, the economic mm-hmm. reason that why we drink milk. So it's not, yeah. they had to justify pumping milk into our diet. And then the, somehow, the Got yeah. Milk campaign, too. Like, you know where they get all the exactly. athletes to get the milk mustaches? Do you know what Loki made me think that milk was disgusting? I remember freshman year, I met this girl, and she was like, look, just just, just do this thought, thought exercise with me, right? Humans, we drink breast milk, right, when we are young, right? Cows, they drink cow milk when they are young, right? We don't drink breast milk when we are older. Why are we drinking baby cow milk? Because it tastes And good. I was like, you know, but I was like, you know, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. I completely understand that this defies logic. It's just something that's been a part of our routine for so long that I think people at the very least just need to be educated about it so they recognize what it is that they're doing. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with individuals who want to go and drink cow's milk. I just... Yeah. You got to be conscious of it. But you know something that is actually really sad, though? Going back to the powdered milk, you know, I... In um, Cameroon, we drink a bunch of, like, we drink drinks, don't Nido. And Nido is owned by Nestle. And I remember learning in my public health class that, like, Nestle is just hated in the international community, not just because of, like, human rights violations and a bunch of other stuff, but because of a campaign to push formula onto women in developing countries. So what they, they would do is they would tell moms to wean their babies off of breast milk and give them uh, the formula because of health benefits or whatever, even though we know, statistics, like scientifically, we know that breast milk is better. And the longer mm-hmm. you prolong breastfeeding, you have better um, outcomes from your child. Yeah. And so this put a lot of baby, like children at risk. And it also um, increases the rate of drinking polluted water, right? Because you need water for yeah. this uh, breast milk and so they like, with waterborne illnesses and get, exactly it's just nestle's evil that's that's my little so i remember story. watching a tiktok about how it was like a public health nightmare mm-hmm. um and how a lot of public health or individuals who work in the public health field just like very much despise nestle yeah yeah actually in a TikTok that I watched, they talked about how they would you go door to door in white coats to seem official and to seem like if they were scientists to help convince women that this was the right option. The things I we mean, learn from TikTok. I mean, sometimes I wonder, it's like, is that did that really happen, or am I just tripping and I'm just going on someone's like weird conspiracy theory? Mm-hmm. Okay, how did you get into TikTok though, dude? It was the weirdest thing. I got into TikTok in uh winter of 2020 right around february my friend kept pushing me she was like just go on tiktok and i i wasn't about to do it because i saw tiktok as musically and i saw it as something for children i am grown (laughs) i downloaded musically for one day and i was so annoyed within like the three times that i went on it that i deleted it when back however long ago i downloaded it so i have a little sister she is 16 Mm -hmm. And I think back when 
it was it was September October um one of my apartment mates was like super into TikTok and Mm -hmm. another girl on my floor she was 18 I had just recently befriended her she was like prime straight out of high school she was also super into TikTok and I was like fine I'll download it I'll download it so I did it was I was so bored because I didn't like things back then so the the algorithm didn't understand me so I didn't see like I didn't see content specific to me I saw random people dancing and I was like this is not it and it just kind of lived on my phone I I remember it was like what was it was it the renegade 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 that's when I got onto TikTok during that I don't know how to do that dance for those of you not not who can't see us um she really just like (laughs) she did it (laughs) I mean she didn't do it but she tried there are the arm movements, but um, whatever. So are you uh, making better? <laughs> shut up. But this—that's when I got on the app, and I started. I started liking things immediately, and I didn't even realize that there was this whole algorithm that was gonna let me know what I liked. And so immediately, I was not transported into anything weird. I went from the TikTok, from the dancing TikTok to the Indian TikTok for some reason. It was just a bunch of music and dancing and I was like, I I could hang here. And then like as I kept using TikTok, I was moved away from cultural TikTok and I found myself into like like these other subgroups of TikTok I love that I'm now different part of. Types of TikToks that you can find. Because yes. I feel like depending on what month it was or what I was into at this time, my TikTok mm-hmm. was something different. Like, I yes. randomly found myself on teacher TikTok. I have no idea mm-hmm. how. I have never have I ever had the intention of becoming a teacher, nor will I ever become a teacher. But I found myself on teacher TikTok. The woman talking in a super high-pitched voice, like, talking to her boyfriend as if she was, as if he was one of her kindergartners. Like, I thought that was mm-hmm. hilarious. And I liked it. And so more teacher content kept showing up. And now I know how to download the teacher fonts. Yeah. I found myself really... Mm-hmm. The teacher for free, okay. like you can do it for free online. It's not like I, I thought they paid extra for that. They do not. Oh, okay. I mean, teachers have a lot of ways because you know they don't get paid enough, so they have to hustle. That's true. But um, I found myself on obviously Black TikTok, and that's where I hung out, and I'm still a part of Black TikTok. And also because I like a decent amount of like anime and stuff, I found myself on anime TikTok. Because I started doing art, I found myself on art TikTok. And you know what though? I think all of these other groups all of them do not like what they call straight tiktok okay so explain what this is to me i still don't understand what straight tiktok is i i don't want is to it for straight people anyone. it's not no i don't think it's, it's for straight people i think it's it's a dancing tiktok where you know the ones where the 16 year old boys are taking off their shirts and doing thirst oh so it's like, like what, the, what... what the charlie person does charlie, she's, no, but she's, she's big not, I don't right think she's a yeah i don't think she's a thirst trapper though i think Char- charlie's like just a girl who dances with Interesting. her sister. So this is specifically, I, so straight TikTok is dancing with the intention of creating a thirst trap. Not everyone, not everyone. Because I think that, okay. I, because I, okay, I think there's a fine line on what creating a thirst trap on straight TikTok looks like, right? Because there are some who innocently dance and who like, I'm just, you know, being unproblematic, doing my own thing. And there are some, and there's also the, the problem of stealing content from creators of color as well. Cause you know how like you have your TikTok sound and like, there's a huge racial component to TikTok and the other being racially so that, biased as well. 
okay, I feel like I have an understanding of what straight TikTok is. And I feel like if you didn't already know that I was 21, quarantine has just kind of revealed how little in touch I am with like <laughs> popular culture. And the fact that I'm not 16. Continue. But, but you know, one thing about this app is I think it's amazing in many ways because of the progress that a lot of social movements have like have made on the app and just the general awareness i have learned so much history on this app and i never expected to i learned about things that have happened to black americans in this country i learned about things that are happening to happening to polynesian people like just like in the countries in, in native and indigenous groups and it's just i wouldn't have expected this type of knowledge off an app i really dis- discarded in my you know mm-hmm. my first couple when it was first um getting popular but I do say I'm a bit scared of the direction that it's going in because originally this app was for children. Absolutely. I would say the majority of the people, like that's the reason that we had the opinion that the app is for children because mm-hmm. pretty much only high schoolers were on it. Um, yes. Like, do you remember in the beginning on TikTok, like you'd see someone, you'd be like, oh, this person's probably 20, in their 20s, mid 20s. Yeah. And then you go you ha- you have to go find their Instagram and you realize the person's actually a junior in high school and you're like, okay, let's I'm let's shut that down. Exactly. Yeah. Or if if you're like me and you see a very attractive person and you're like, okay, you know, let me learn more about this person just because of the... And then I'm like, oh, you're 16. I'm not trying to go to jail. So let's not do this again. And I'm just like, re- like retract myself because... It's weird because it's such an open platform, right? It's not mm-hmm. like Instagram. It's not like uh, Facebook or even, I mean, what are, what other apps? It's not like Facebook or Instagram where you choose it's, your audience and you choose who sees your content. Yeah. I think even with individual, the reason that it scares us in particular is because I know that you have all your social media accounts on private. I have all my social mm-hmm. media accounts on private. So no one could find me even if they wanted to. I mean, like, I'm sure they could yes. find me, but they wouldn't be actually be able to see my content. And the the thing is, like, even with individuals on those apps who are public, they mm-hmm. you have to be intentional about looking for them. You're not just going to be, like, a job recruiter is not going to be on their Instagram and all of a sudden your picture from the beach is going to pop up. That's not how it works. Whereas mm-hmm. on TikTok, your content could show up, honestly, in front of your professor. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you don't fix something in your settings your contacts are actually more likely to see your videos than anyone else so you have to be aware of this when you are posting videos and like i do know that it's by geographic location as well Mm -hmm. so i would imagine that creates problems on college campuses i mean i've seen people i know i mean there's a medical student that was my mentor i saw her on tiktok there are people that we went to high school with and i'm like that's Mm -hmm. awkward this guy i did an internship with he was there and i'm like wow because there's the way that they present themselves on the app is sometimes very different from the, the, the way I remember Absolutely. them. Like, I don't know if you want me to see this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have like a good story and a bad story. So like a positive, mm-hmm. this girl that I went to middle school with found out she got engaged from TikTok because she posted an engagement video on TikTok. Uh-huh. And Wait I a second, like, is it the same her. girl that we know? Yeah, yeah, it's the same Do girl. I know her? Okay. Yeah. yeah, you know her. And I was like, I was like, I lost touch with her because we hadn't gone to the same school since middle school. So mm-hmm. I didn't follow her on Instagram or anything either, but I like saw that and I was like, oh my God. And then I went and followed her Instagram, which was like yeah. a cute story. And that made me happy. Really? On the other hand, there are instances like um, one of my friends is a TA and mm-hmm. she saw information about 
someone who had cheated on an exam on TikTok. And it was one of her students. Are you kidding? And she couldn't do kidding? anything about it. She, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, she had to report. She's like, look, I was just mindlessly scrolling on TikTok. I was oh done with God. class for the day. And the worst part is it was after the finals. So she was like, the finals had been graded. She was done with that class. Like, she was like, done. Oh, my God. I I don't even know what to say about that. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Because college students out here be te- like they are telling how they're like, oh, watch mm-hmm. me on Zoom, watch me cheat, like, and everyone knows that people aren't exactly upholding the standards of academic. But when you um, see it, it's integrity. different, right? Like, yes. as the TA, she knew that there were kids. Like, I'm sure she knew that there of were some kids knew. cheating, but she just she can't prove it, right? And nor could wow. the professor. But when she sees something like that, she's like, I had no choice but to report it. Yeah, My and I support that. Is- it's it's just rough like i mean don't post it i don't know what to say for me the 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 sad thing is the exposure that minors get on the app though like mm-hmm. because if you're posting and you're you know and you're everything's public and you're too young and people can come up to you in ways that are like explicitly sexual or just like and how do you protect minors and even just the ads that at least the ads that i get right i get ads for tinder and bumble mm-hmm. and and also, I don't know what the TikTok of, like, young people look like, but I've seen my 15-year-old um, sister's TikTok, and sometimes we see the same thing, and it'll yeah. be, like, a sex worker, like, this is how I finesse him, this is how I yeah. do that, and I'm, like, great for you, and that's a wonderful for you, but I I can't be, like, oh, this is an app for kids, because this is technically not an app for kids. Mm-mm, this is, I feel you like have to be 16 and up. Especially with quarantine, with all of us joining, I feel like more and more... I feel like more college students joined and then more millennials joined and then like older individuals, like whatever the next generation is. And then boomers are on there too. Like there are a lot of older people on there now. And with that companies are responding by like marketing accordingly. Like Mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of weight loss content on there. Um, Like I've seen individuals posting like, you know, the the fake weight loss, like lose 15 pounds in a week. And I'm like, that's not humanly like, that's not safe like I see individuals posting that content and I've seen like diet pills um and stuff like that or like my favorite was this underwear that you wear when you go to sleep and Mm -hmm. you magically slim you yeah yeah, it magically makes all your fat go away did you know lovely you just all you have to do like we just work out for no reason Oh yeah, we I, would get we I get up early to work out for no reason. We should no just reason. we should just wear the underwear when we go to sleep, and that's the solution. <laughs> Apparently, it's so comfortable she could just put it on in a t shirt. And I literally I watched that and I was like, Do you realize that like children are going to be seeing this? Like, mm-hmm. there's no, just not, no responsibility. Me, like teenagers are going to be seeing this. Like, sorry, 14, impressionable teenagers. Yeah, a 14, 15 year old girl is going to be seeing that and think, you know, I I want to change my body because mm-hmm. come on. We are so impressionable. I mean, even at mm-hmm. this age, adults still make bad decisions. Like, how much more a teenager who just thinks that, like, let me just wear that underwear. I'm going to lose 15 pounds immediately. It's going to yeah. slim me down. You shouldn't be worrying about slimming down at 15. But that's just the culture of our society mm-hmm. at the moment. But yeah. And, like, TikTok helps reinforce that. I mean, one thing is I do see positive messaging. It's not like it's just all negative. Like, there yeah. are dietitians that are out there trying to dispel these myths about, like, dieting and weight loss. There are people doing a lot of the good work, but I don't see that as much, you know? Yeah, it, my it's, it's really favorite thing to see on TikTok, actually, is doctor or, like, nutritionists 
or mm-hmm. um, or people that have studied physical fitness or individuals mm-hmm. that are like doctors even giving like quote unquote free consults or <laughs> or dermatologists dermatology, dermatology TikTok is. dermatology TikTok has saved my life Dermato- like I will say this again dermatology TikTok has saved my life we are women of color and uh, we've been dealing with skin problems apparently like acne does not fade after 17 somebody should have told me that adult acne was a thing because I really am just getting depressed over here okay at least you were prepared I was coasting through life I had never had a pimple in my life and then I suddenly I'm 20 and I look at my face and I'm like what is this yeah, you did. You really did break out last year. I really like, just I've like, never I like had that. never had a pimple. Like maybe I had one bit, like mm-hmm. one. Lucky you. A long time ago, and then like I hit twenty, and all of a sudden my face was full of acne, and I was like, "Where did this come from?" You and lucky. apparently, adult do... acne is harder to deal with. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's also even worse because guess what's double whammy? We're women of color. Our skin yes. has to be treated differently, and this is something I did not know. I'm not going to get into the biochem or there's the science of it, but all I can say is skin of color has to be treated gently compared to mm-hmm. white skin. I I found uh, two dermatologists, Dr. Alexis Stevens. I found her on Instagram, not Instagram, uh, TikTok, and then I went on YouTube. And then I found the holy grail, Dr. Dr. Vanita uh, Ratten, right? Uh, she's how the do, how best. Do you say it? Vanita Ratten, but she's brilliant. Every except this woman has so many clinics in the United Kingdom. If she could just open one, I'm not even saying open it in the Pacific Northwest. Like literally open it in San Francisco. Exactly. I will fly, I will fly to her out clinic. To see you. Just Doctor V, if you're listening to this, this is us asking you to come save our skin because this woman has changed the game. Right? I was out here and I was listening to YouTubers. Right? Because again, uh, dermatologists are expensive, and I'm not gonna. If I'm, I'm gonna be very honest. My dermatologist was white, and a lot of the things that and I've had her since I was 13. A lot of the things that she gave me didn't always work for my skin because apparently dermatology is also experimental it's like oh i don't know if it'll work for you let's try this cream today let's try this one try that the same goes for me i saw my dermatologist for the first time i believe in january or february it was before the pandemic Mm -hmm. and she was like let's try this pill first and also i want you to be alternating between these two washes at night and this one in the morning like i had to i probably spent I spent a lot of money. I spent at least $100 on skincare products that day. And then, and that was like me buying the cheapest ones, like the most generic ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I continued to use it and my skin would burn. Like it burned, like it was painful. And I emailed her. I was like, hi, doctor. Like this is, my skin is burning. And she's like, oh, don't worry. That means it's working. And I was like, no, it's okay. Not. So apparently that's only in white skin. If yeah, it's burning Dr. V, for skin of color, that's not it. Dr. V will tell you that irritation on skin of color causes hyperpigmentation and scarring, right? Like, mm-hmm. apparently, she she literally said, you can do and just, like, drop white people. No, she didn't, she didn't exactly say this. I'm very much, I'm paraphrasing. But, like, you can take white skin and, like, burn it, drop it in acid, do whatever, and it will not scar as much as skin of color will because mm-hmm. apparently, like, our melasmites or the melanin that we have will cause hyperpigmentation or acne scarring. 
I love the melanin in our skin, but it really did us dirty here. It really did us dirty right now. I okay, it's it's really stupid because when it whenever when I started listening to her, I remembered a little experiment I did on my skin when I was uh, sixteen. I don't know if you remember this experiment. Oh my god! I might have taken a little bit of a baking soda and I just rubbed it on my cheeks because I uh, thought that it was going to remove the blackheads. And then I let me guess. Soda sit. Yes. So you saw this on Pinterest, right? The OG Absolutely. TikTok? I, yes. Because you saw Pinterest, it on Pinterest had all of these, like, Pinterest had all these home remedies, right? Where it was like, oh yeah, uh, take a thing of acid and just drink it. It's going to help clear your acne. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that was it. It was baking soda and it was so like lemon. Oh my God. Oh my you God. You burned, you fried your skin. Tell I me you didn't go skin. out and sun after that. No, I mean, I, I was at night, but I still had to go to school the next day. I'm black. Oh. My skin was red. And you know, I don't blush or anything yeah, like that. No. So the fact that, like, my skin got to the point where it was red, I'm pretty sure if a dermatologist had gone to a dermatologist, she probably would have started crying because, like, it's like what are you, you doing You know those horror stories that you, you see? Yes. Oh, you would have been one of those. And that's... I would have been one of those. And it's unfortunate because I didn't even consider at that point that I had to see a dermatologist of color to help treat my skin. I am not knocking white dermatologists out there, but the field of medicine is does not do people of color justice when it comes to skin conditions. Like, it's actually a problem. Mm-hmm. They have a time diagnosing um, uh, skin conditions in children or just in yeah. general, right? Because it's because it, it, it looks appears different. differently then, as well, like rashes or skin cancer, yeah. like instances mm-hmm. like those. It- presents itself completely different i believe you sent me exactly. a video of like different rashes side by side it just appears completely differently it appears differently and um there's actually a medical student who has created a, a manual on how to diagnose skin conditions on skin of color which is like revolutionary because i don't really know if one like one existed like that before so i we're going in the right direction but we need to we just need to have more doctors of color right because also dermatology is an extremely white field so it's mm-hmm. not like you'll see a lot of people of color um talking because like i listen to like Hiram because he's a really nice guy on youtube skincare by Hiram and all these other mm-hmm. people and i did change up my routine but then there were certain things that just would not work on me like absolutely like, it's something we didn't take into consideration yeah. i think overall like moving away from the people of color um tangent for a second but i think mm-hmm. in general just having I think just the accessibility of having skincare tech talk is amazing because Mm -hmm. yes, when you're going to do something drastic, go see a dermatologist, go see an aesthetician, but like not all teenagers and honestly not all adults have the resources to go do something like that. So I love the fact Mm -hmm. that we're that like we're creating a community where it's acceptable for professionals to go online and give advice because let's like, Dermatology is probably one of the lower stakes. Mm-hmm. It's probably it's one of those situations where you can afford to take a risk. You're probably not mm-hmm. going to want to take advice on heart medication from TikTok, but oh, dermatology is one of those places I mean, where you can probably afford to take a small risk. Because it's, I mean, I, don't, I also wonder how much insurance covers it, right? Because dermatology, yeah. just like dental, is considered cosmetic mm-hmm. in a lot of places. So, you know, not everyone has the ability to have their their visit to the dermatologist covered by their insurance company as well so that's like that's really unfortunate but something that is part of my uh growing up process or becoming grown is the fact that i've been doing more 
beauty routines that are related to me as a black woman and also me as an African woman. I've like been reverting to more ethnic beauty routines and I'm really happy for it. And I know you have been too. What are the things that you've been doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't say, I don't think I've been reverting to a lot of the skincare stuff just because I, after months, I finally got most of my acne to clear up. And at this point, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to keep it that way. And I don't want to introduce anything new. But Mm -hmm. um, in terms of hair care, so my hair, my hair Um, is very thick. It used to be very thick and it's still pretty long, but I do shed a lot. And so uh, something that I've been doing more and more now, especially during quarantine, is I've been taking the time to oil my hair. Oiling your roots is really good for, uh, or massaging your roots, it's really good for um, hair growth. And it's something that I just, I kind of just stopped taking care of my hair. I think like when I hit middle school, because my hair was so long, it was just so difficult to take care of. And I never really I know I should have listened to my mom. My mom was like, when you get older, you're going to regret it. You should listen to me. My mom used to oil my hair when I was younger and I didn't do it for, I don't know, seven, eight years. And now this is me saying you were right, mom. It's recorded. It's on the internet. Um, But I am oiling my hair more and more. And as an added bonus, the oil that I use, it's like this Ayurvedic like herbal oil. Mm-hmm. I personally, it has like a eucalyptus smell in addition to a lot of other like yeah. essential oils. I love the smell. My sister cannot stand it. So anytime I put it on, the entire house smells like it and my sister goes insane. So that's fun. No, what have you been I've doing? I kind of have a, I've had like a similar hair journey. Like I, a big part, I think of like being black, I guess, being a black woman is what to do with our hair, you know? And for as long as you've known me, you've, you've known, I've, I've rotated through many, many, many hairstyles. And I think when I got to college, I realized that I wanted to go natural. And for people who don't know, going natural is deciding not to relax your hair anymore. And it was like a relaxing is like a permanent, perm, like straightening of your hair using a bunch of chemicals to just get a uh, straight look. And so I remember my hair was relaxed. I didn't really have much of a problem with it. And then one day, it was my freshman year in October, actually, I saw this girl, this beautiful black girl on campus, and her hair was just, like, it was like a smallish afro, but it framed her face properly, and it was so cute. And I was like, I want it. I went home, and I just shaved it all off, everything. I just started cutting, and I had my dad, like, fix it. And for anyone here who is potentially thinking of going natural just go to a freaking barber do it because don't have your father just just I, it was not a good look for a good year it I looked was like not a, dude, a good look was, it wasn't a good look but i learned perseverance through that and i perseverance learned scarves. i let <laughs> me just say this was not the first time you shaved your head it's not the first time oh, you God, shaved your head was when we were 15 not. and you learned nothing you learned you were 15 I, I learned, you shaved your head and your mother had leftover blonde hair dye. You oh tied, God. you dyed a triangle of your hair blonde. It oh was nasty. Let's just it be honest. Nasty. It was nasty. It, it looked like it Pac Man was sitting on top of your head. Oh, come- <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but the, the second time I did it, okay, no, I did not learn my lesson the first time, but the second time I did, I was determined to do hair care right Mm -hmm. and I started to just learn to love my hair the way it came out of my head 
And there were many moments where I legitimately cried over my hair. And I didn't think it was possible. Like, you think it's just hair. Why are you crying? Why is this, like, an emotional process for you? But it, my hair is thick. And it took, it, would, it takes me, like, an hour and a half to just wash her. Because I have to mm-hmm. section my hair. And I have to, like, like, wash it. Then condition it. And then I have to deep condition it. And then I have to detangle it. And after that, I have to, like, braid it. Because my hair is very, very, very coily. And so it uh, knots easily. And that process was just horrendous, you know. And then there was also a phase where... Because when it's really short, it looks decent. It's fine. But then there's this awkward part where it's kind of growing. But it's not long enough to do anything with. But it's not short enough to be, like, a cute style (laughs) anymore. And I really just struggled with how I looked and what to do with it. But now I'm at a happy place with my with where my hair is. And I'm, you know, I got the routine down. I actually got the routine down in, ju- in June. And I've had my hair this way for almost four years. But it's, it's now that I actually feel comfortable doing stuff with it. And I feel comfortable going out with it the way it is. And, like, if anyone's thinking of going natural, if everyone's, I, I recommend it. Shave your head. Do it. <laughs> do it we are in the middle of a pandemic black women you can always wear wigs there are options shave your head do it it'll you'll like yourself for it and you it's, to... it's getting colder so you can just wear you can just cover it up people exactly. don't even have to see it obviously like we're not even supposed to be going out anyways yeah. again a pandemic so like who's i met for, z- for zoom i met for zoom meetings oh for zoom yeah you can just like cover it up it's perfect but it is um, absolutely perfect but you know what I what saddens me though is that there are some people out there who look really good with shaved heads. Like my sister has a shaved head now, and she looks better than I did with it. Like she dyed it blonde at some point, or like no, not blonde, copper. And it, it, I was getting some Frank Ocean vibes from her, and I thought, you know what, you have the head shape for it. My face is too round to do. Like my face is round and tiny. If I tiny. didn't have hair, I. <laughs> It would be like disproportionate Wait, to the no, rest of my body. I would look, look like... There's a super... There's. I'm imagining a guy with a really... Like the Pinhead Bob... Larry. Pinhead Larry from Spongebob. Is that what his name is? I there's have no idea who you're referring to. Big Bob and Spongebob. I don't know who you're referring to. Sh- but I would be like... I would look like one of those bodybuilders with a tiny face. You know, like... <laughs> the Rock? The Rock <laughs> looks proportionate. <laughs> no. I would look like one of those ridiculous <laughs> bodybuilders that you see on the internet that have huge bodies, but their face looks tiny. Um, uh, yeah. My hair is necessary to balance out the rest of my body. Also, do you, like, in Punjabi culture, I've just noticed that a lot of Punjabi women have very long hair. Is it, like, is that a cultural thing? Is it just, like, a, a norm? Or is there a specific religious reason for it? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, within India as a whole, um, it's kind of a cultural thing for women to have longer hair. Um, mm-hmm. It's typically longer and then it's braided. It's just like a thing that young women do. And then mm-hmm. after they get married, they'll have their hair up in a bun. But that's like mm-hmm. old, outdated custom. It's not, it's common in some places, not very common in other places in India now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then specifically within some Punjabis are Sikh. So Sikhism is a mm-hmm. specific uh, religion within which um, having long hair, like the hair that you're given is given to you by God. And so you wouldn't change Mm -hmm. the way that God made you, which means you wouldn't cut your hair. And so Mm -hmm. women um, that observe Sikhism, like at its roots, they would, um, they just wouldn't cut their hair, which is why I had very long hair for the longest time. Like I still have very long hair. I cut my 
I cut, I trim the ends because like, it's just not healthy to have dead hair hanging off. And then your split ends just kind of like go straight up. Um, But yeah, it's why I keep long hair too. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty. It is very pretty. And I like love staring at my hair, but I also hate having my hair in my face, which is why it will almost always be in a bun, in a ponytail or in a braid. I mean, I quite remember the times you said you were going to choke me with it, but it's okay. it's okay. Yeah, I learned that Now from it's book. on the air. Everyone knows now that you threatened to kill me, so it's good. <laughs> I threatened to kill you with my braid. My, please, my braid. That was when my braid was thick. <laughs> I could not do that. You could probably chew your way out. <laughs> All right. Um, well, guys, this was a podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed this. Um Thank you for joining. And if you listen the whole way, thank you for joining us on our second episode ever. Um, We're very happy. Mm -hmm. So we love and respect all of you. Have a lovely rest of your day and stay tuned for the episode next Monday. And also, we want to become one of those podcasters where like people reach out to us and talk to us and send us messages. So if you could do that, please, our email is suddenlygrown at gmail.com and our Instagram is at suddenlygrown. We accept messages. We want to be friends. Thank you. You can also send us voice messages on Anchor. Um, Yes. We'll listen to them. We promise. We will listen to them. (laughs) (laughs) We will respond to. Okay, bye. We will. We're eager. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. We're still gathering, just virtually. And we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close, even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus.